0: Welcome to the Building a Story Brand podcast, where we believe if you confuse, you'll lose. Noise is the enemy, and creating a clear message is the best way to grow your business. I'm your host, Donald Miller. I'm joined by my co host, JJ Peterson. Hi, Don. JJ, we have talked about this subject before. We have. But we've never talked about it in this way. No. We're talking about the Enneagram again today with the king of the Enneagram, Ian Krong. Yes. His book is called The Road Back to You, and we're going to get into that in a minute. But what we've never talked about Uh is how the Enneagram works at work. Yes. In your office, you have nine different types of people. Yep. You know how people say... There are only two kinds of people in this world, <laughs> Beatles fans and Bob Dylan fans. <laughs> Wrong. There are nine. Yes, there are. <laughs> yes, and they are driven by very different motivations. Yes, yeah, of really them. are. Yes. And being able to communicate to them and, and love them and understand how they're communicating with you, every single person is different. Every single person is different. And if you get it, if you understand the person's language that you're walking in to talk to, yep. and you can just remind yourself of a few things. I'm talking to an Enneagram two.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I really need to be affirming.
0: Yeah. I'm talking to an Enneagram three. I really need to get to the point. Yes. <laughs> right? I'm talking yes. to Enneagram one. I should not embarrass them or point out their mistakes in public. Yes. On and on. Yep. And Ian's going to get to that. Yeah. And you're going to listen to it. And you're going to say, oh, my gosh, Nancy in the office is a five. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Jake is Which a four. We have a Jake. He's against, not a four. He always cautions against that, right, about labeling other well, people. Well, I don't mean but, it negatively. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you just understand yeah. that this person is wired this way. Yeah. And we need to change the way we're delivering uh, information to yep. these people to get the most productivity out of it. It's really about empathy yep. and compassion. Listen, you and I could keep talking about this for a long yes, time. because we do. The problem <laughs> is Ian and I go for an hour. Yeah. He gets into all nine types and the do's and don'ts of each one, so we're not going to actually delay any longer. Yeah. This is, oh, by the way, a two-part series. Yep. The first part, we go for an hour to talk about the do's and don'ts of each type, how you actually interact with that Enneagram type. And you're going to get all sorts of pro tips yeah. on how to get ahead with these people. Uh-huh. Then the second episode, we're going to talk about, if you are this type, here's how you should lead. Ooh. Here's your superpower. Ooh. And to some degree, here's the weaknesses. Yeah. Here's your kryptonite. Yeah, That's also a fascinating interview. It's two consecutive Building a Story Brand podcasts with Ian Cron. He's the author of The Road Back to You. We also have a cheat sheet, JJ. Yes, we have a giveaway. We have a giveaway. You'll want this because oh you want to write all this down. I'm going to laminate it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think it's that important. <laughs> it's a cheat sheet on how to deal with the nine types, yeah. the do's and don'ts of each type. How do you deal with a peacemaker? How do you deal with the performer? How do you deal with the independent? How do you yeah. deal with these guys? It's a cheat sheet. Go to storybrand.com/enneagram. E N N E A G R A M. E N N E A G R A M. The book, again, is The Road Back to You. Let's just get right to it. Here's my conversation with Ian Cron. Ian Cron, welcome back to the podcast. You and I had lunch the other day, and I said, you literally have to come on the podcast not one more time, but two more times. Mm. We're actually going to record two conversations that I think are they are going to be fantastic. Welcome back.
1: Thank you. I'm glad to be here.
0: Here's the reason. You wrote a book called The Road Back to You, if you haven't picked it up yet, go pick it up on Amazon. And it is about the Enneagram. And you have heard about the Enneagram if you're listening to this podcast, because people keep slipping it in. They say, Well, I'm an Enneagram 2. Right. I'm an, you know, over dinner, I say, Well, you know, as a four. And you're kind of going, What in the world is happening? If you want an introduction to the Enneagram, which is a personality type kind of assessment, kind of explanation for the nine types of people, although there's a bunch of subtypes, the best introduction to that, you know, framework is the road back to you by Ian Cron, and he's here today. Today, though, we're going to talk about the Enneagram at work. But before we get into it, the nine do's and don'ts of working with these types of people, Mm -hmm. because we're going to go, don't do this with an Enneagram 1, don't do this with a 2, do this with a 2. There are things, because I know that my wife is an Enneagram Mm 6, I don't And if I didn't know that going into our marriage, I think we would have had some struggles, and we haven't. Absolutely. And so we'll get into all of that later. What you're going to get out of this particular episode of the podcast is do's and don'ts for everybody that you work with,
1: specific to them. Yeah, And that's pretty valuable.
0: Let me ask you, why does it matter to understand the Enneagram when you show up at work?
1: Well, I think you need to know how you show up in life (laughs) just in general. And and actually, I think that's a pretty good definition of personality,
0: clinically. How you uh, show uh, up in life.
1: How you show up in life.
0: You know, a great example is, you know, you and I had lunch, what, two days ago? Mm -hmm. And you're already at the coffee shop when I get there. I walk in, grab a cup of coffee, sit down. And what did you do differently? Knowing that you were about to meet with an Enneagram Three, that when I heard it, I just went, "Oh my gosh, he was right on. He played me like a fiddle." <laughs> <laughs> just reeling him exactly. in, right? Yeah. What did
1: you do knowing I was a three? Well, I knew to get right down to business. Yeah, and, and I, I, that makes me
0: sad, but it's true. Well,
1: but it's true, and I know not to ramble. I use punchy, short statements. <laughs> <laughs> in you other know words, you saying? treat
0: me the way you train a dog. No, no, actually, I mean, if you think about it, I'm
1: just trying to be sensitive to who you are as a human being and not expect you to see the world the way that I do or presume yeah. that you do. I mean, I think one of the biggest mistakes people make in business
0: mm-hmm.
1: and in life is to assume that your way of seeing the world is normal. Right. 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 Because automatically, if you think that, it means that everybody else's way is not normal. Right, And so you're immediately biased, or you kind of think, gosh, what's wrong with this When really, these are
0: just preferences. They're preferences about how you do life, but they're not moral statements about how you do life.
1: Yeah. And if you know what those are, then the efficiencies it sets up in terms of communication, in terms of caring for other people, in terms of self-awareness are remarkable.
0: You know, it's fascinating. You just explained a dynamic that I've dealt with over the last 10 years, and I literally came home... I think it was yesterday. Mm-hmm. I spoke at an event yesterday, and I came home, and my wife said, how was it? And I said, you know, it was fine. I'm having to figure out something about the way I'm wired, and it's really bugging me. And she said, what? I said, every time I walk into a speaking event, the person who's hosting it says hello, and we start making chit-chat. We start making banter. And the whole time I'm thinking, okay, I've got 30 minutes. i got to make sure my slide works. got to make sure the microphone works. Where's the stage? going to be... I'm ready to get down to business, and they are wanting to do the human thing, which is get to know each other a little mm-hmm. bit, I reverse those. So as soon as I know everything's taken care of, I actually want to sit down and say, now who are you, and mm-hmm. where did you come from, right. and who's in the audience, and why do you care about these people? And you literally just explain to me what's going on. I want to get down to business, and once that's done, we can get to know each other. And most people, I think, do it the other way around, and I always feel like a jerk. But truth is, I do want to get to know you. It's just that I have a job to do and I need to hit a home run for your audience.
1: Does that make sense? It totally makes sense. And a lot of times it's splitting differences, Yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. It's recognizing that the other person has a different sort of biases than you do. And knowing, okay, I got to get done what I need to get done. I also want to honor the fact that this person sees the world differently than I do. How do I negotiate this in this moment so that we both win?
0: Yeah. You know, my COO, who I work most closely with probably at my company, Ren, Tim is a two with the three-wing or a three with the two-wing. Right. But we took a disc assessment test a long time ago, actually before Tim came on staff. And one of the things it said is, ask Tim how his weekend was, or ask him some personal questions. Don't get straight to business. Right. And if you do that, right. you'll talk for two minutes, and Tim will immediately want to switch gears and go into business. Absolutely. And you'll get what you want. It really helped me because I would have been very oh, yeah. frustrated working with Tim. was like, he really doesn't want to work. He wants to talk about his golf game. And instead of going, no, Tim wants to go, we're okay, personally, mm-hmm. and now let's move. I don't think we've ever had it. I mean, well, you could ask Tim. <laughs> there right. may be times right. when he's frustrated. Right. But I was like, that works really great. Because I don't mind. I'm like, how was your golf game? I don't realize that's part of the process because a three wouldn't naturally realize that. Right. Of course, he has a three wing, so he also, he's bilingual. He speaks my language, too. Right. But knowing these things about the people we work with dramatically decrease tension in the workplace, dramatically increase productivity, mm-hmm. decrease workplace turnover. Absolutely. This is a bottom line implication.
1: Absolutely. And the research is proving over and over and over again what I would refer to as soft power. Okay, right? yeah. Soft skills. Like... Let me give you an example of this. Cornell did this great study of 72 high-performing CEOs of companies ranging in value from 50 million to five billion dollars. And what they wanted to find out is what was their secret sauce? And here's the bottom line that they came up with. The, not A, the The key predictor of success for leaders is self-awareness. Wow. And it blew their minds and thrilled me because One's ability to know themselves well, to understand people, the impact that their personality has on other people, as well as the ability to monitor and regulate the way that they act, think, and feel from moment to moment is critical. So the other day when we had breakfast, I wasn't manipulating you. No, no. no. I was just
0: speaking my language.
1: I was just speaking your language. And I know not to go wavering off into esoteric, I'm a four, you know, so, you know, but well, how are the aesthetic sensibilities inside this coffee <laughs> house, you know? You're not... There's an echo off that wall. Each number, and this is a, a long conversation, we probably don't want to go down this bunny trail, but everybody has a habit of attention. Hmm. Your attention and my attention in any given moment migrate toward different things. That's, okay?
0: Yeah, it's a great way of putting it.
1: Yes. Yeah, so... That means if a one walks into a room, their attention immediately migrates toward the mistake. What's wrong? You know, how can right? I reform this room? Exactly. <laughs> that's right? like there's a mess over there in the corner, and why don't this they, person you know, seems sad? Yeah, this person
0: right. is probably being paid too little. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: right. Mine that's goes right. somewhere else. So the reason that's important to know is because where your attention migrates determines also what you miss.
0: Wow let's get into the nine types absolutely and really what i want to focus on the nine types is do's and don'ts mm-hmm. with that type in the workplace yep so if you've not read the road back to you it is the best i used to give away riso and hudson's wisdom of the enneagram yep, it's a good book textbook it's a mm-hmm. very good book it's a textbook road back to you it's a basic introduction to the enneagram and you read it and you become a better version of yourself just in the process of reading congrats on that if you need an introduction to the enneagram go pick up the road back to you but let's keep moving on. You're going to get kind of a summary view of it as we go through. Yep. But really what I want to focus on is don't do this with an Enneagram One. Do this instead. And we're going to go through all nine types. The next episode of the Building a Story Brand podcast, you're going to stick around. Mm-hmm. And we're actually going to say, if you are a one, here's how you should lead. Right. If you are a two, here's how you should lead. So episode one of this two-part series is here's how to lead each type. And then episode two is here's how to lead as that type. Sound fair? Sounds great. All right, let's do it. Type one, the perfectionist. I always think of these as the reformer. There's different names. Yeah. But the perfectionist, and that is a fantastic explanation for a type one. I once taught a business course in a violent offenders prison in Houston, Texas. This was probably seven, eight years ago. And I taught on the Enneagram. We talked about the Enneagram. And they had already understood the Enneagram. We went through and said, any type ones, any type twos, any type threes. I think there were 100 violent offenders in the room. Every... Enneagram type was represented pretty evenly. Might have leaned more toward eights than others, as you could expect. A lot of threes, a lot of fours, crimes of jealousy and passion. Mm -hmm. No ones. Really? And they said, in the history of the class, there had never been a one.
1: Uh, That doesn't surprise me. Congratulations ones. Rock on ones. You will never go to prison. That's right. (laughs) Principled, ethical, reliable, conscientious, all of those good things.
0: Well, you have a description here. Meticulous, hardworking, and reliable. Ones are motivated by a need to perfect themselves, others, and the world. If you're saying to yourself, oh my gosh, Nancy in my office is definitely a one. What should we remember when interacting with Nancy?
1: Yeah, so you definitely want to leverage a one's remarkable skill for spotting things that are wrong, errors, mistakes. And uh, I, I've known
0: a lot of ones. None of them are annoying to me. because this sounds like a controlling personality kind of can thing. Be. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of ones. I like them, mm-hmm. you know?
1: Yeah, it's always important for people to realize that there are three... You know levels of health, right, Within yeah. each personality, so right? there are annoying ones out there. Absolutely, <laughs> the less self-aware you are, the more problematic your you behaviors go. can be. So every, think of it this way: every number has a superpower.
0: Oh, I like okay, that. I like that. But
1: too much of a good thing is not good. Right, right. So if you over rely or emphasize a particular skill or gift to the nth degree it becomes a liability, not an asset, right? Right. So if you are, a, for example, a perfectionist, you have a tremendous gift for improving things. I actually like to call them the improvers, right? But when they get unhealthy, they really become rigid, inflexible, perfectionistic, people who believe that their way is the only right way mm. of accomplishing tasks mm-hmm. or of doing things, high internal standards against which they judge their own behavior, and They're hard on themselves just oh, like they're hard on everybody else. They are harder on themselves than they ever are on other people. Yeah,
0: that's important to remember to have some grace and compassion. Absolutely. So, practically, you know, I've got a one in my staff meeting. After announcing a project or talking about it, do I pull them aside and say, hey, do you see any blind spots in this that you think we could actually do better? They
1: love it when you ask them, how can I improve on this? project, this oh, idea. wow. They
0: love it. That's their superpower. It's
1: their superpower.
0: Yeah, and we yeah. might as well bring it in and have the company benefit from that super- yeah, superpower. Yeah,
1: leverage their ability to spot mistakes and improve things. All right, do that. Yes. Don't do this. Well, you just hit me on one thing that okay. I wanted to remind you about, which is you did just the right thing with that one. Never criticize a one in public. Ooh, okay. Always you know, pull them aside to say, you know, I think we could have done this a little bit better. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Now you publicly—they'll
0: take it personally. Uh-huh. Even though criticism is hard for everybody, if you do that with anybody in public, it's a little bit difficult. Yeah, you know, you got to read the egos in the room. But, but for example, eight—not
1: so hard. Yeah, eight will take it. Isn't that weird? Yeah. you could do it in front of an audience and they'll take it. Yeah, right, because they want the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth all the time. Right, all day long,
0: even about them. Absolutely. As long as it's not disrespectful or demeaning or position them as weak. Well, yeah,
1: because they want to remain in control of situations. And you can't remain in control of a situation unless you know all the news, whether it's bad or not, right? Right. So back to ones. Okay. The thing that you don't want to do really with ones is to allow them to put off or start completing a project for fear they won't do it perfectly. Hmm. So, they'll procrastinate. so they'll, they'll procrastinate. Absolutely. And it'll confuse you because they're usually very conscientious and hard working, yeah. but if they're staring at a screen and they're going like, "I want to write the great American novel, starting at sentence 1." <laughs> you know what I mean? No rough draft. It's got to be perfect from the get go. So what do you do? You stare at the screen waiting gotcha. all day long, yeah. right? Another don't is don't let a, a one, you know, kind of redo other people's work because it wasn't up to their high standards. And don't because
0: that's th- going to affect the whole morale of the team. Oh, yeah, yeah it's, that it's demoralizing. Really right. Yeah.
1: It's annoying. And then the other thing is, don't let them check and recheck their work over and over again. And you got to tell them to move on to another task. And then they'll resist it first because it's like, well, I don't believe in good enough. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But actually, in business, where you got to do some moving, you got to get going, right? Good enough is a good mantra.
0: Man, if you're a one or you know a one, this is really gold. Yeah. It is. By the way, I forgot to say, if you go to storybrand.com Enneagram, you can see the notes on this. We actually have a handout that says, do this and don't do this with each yeah. personality type. Storybrand.com slash Enneagram. Enneagram is spelled E-N-N-E-A-G-R-A-M. You know, Tim is not a one, but he may have some one tendencies. One thing that I've learned working with Tim, our COO here, is he's, perfectionist may be a little bit of a strong word, Mm -hmm. but he would do things like on this podcast, he would say, hey, Don, can you punch in this word? You kind of mispronounced it a little bit. Mm -hmm. Or can you actually re-record that whole 20-minute thing? I need the microphone a little bit closer to you. And I'm listening to it going, I think it's fine, right? And I just discovered really, really quickly, I mean, years ago, do what he says Mm -hmm. to do. Yeah. Because I'm naturally gonna go, let's just get it done. Let's steamroll this thing. Let's just win. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Right. And then a year and a half later I'm watching a YouTube video going, I cannot believe that we shot that and it wasn't lit right. Right. Or and it's now it's living in perpetuity. And you know, it's the same with my book editors. Yes. I I turn in a pretty good clean book. Man, I've learned that I need to slow down, have patience, and actually correct every little thing instead of getting annoyed by it. Because all they are doing. Is making you look good. Mm-hmm. I would say another superpower of one is they will make you look great. Oh yeah, they will tell you your flies down, and if you want to be an idiot, just walk yeah. around and don't listen to them.
1: Great event coordinators, oh, great yeah. lawyers, um, great accountants. You definitely don't want a four. You don't want a creative <laughs> accountant. You do not want a creative accountant. You know what I'm saying? I you wasn't w- in the mood today. Yeah, to, to contract lawyers, <laughs> really great. I yeah. mean, you know, use their superpowers, and remember when you do. It activates their joy. Oh, I love that. Because they're aligned with who they are. Yeah. And so
0: it's good to look at one in the eye sometimes and say, you actually make all of us look so good when Absolutely. you go around and find the uh, mm-hmm. beautiful. Okay. Type two, the yeah. helper. Yeah. Warm, caring, and giving. Twos are motivated by a need to be needed. Yeah. Describe a two a little bit before we get into the do's and don'ts.
1: Yeah. Twos are people who are the great lovers of the Enneagram. They're the most interpersonal relational number. On the enneagram, by far, right? They go to bed at night thinking about relationships. They get up in the morning <laughs> thinking about relationships. You definitely do not do that, <laughs> I'm not, right? i right? laughing. Yeah, but they—that's <laughs> their whole thing. I mean, that's that's their drug of choice. Yeah, relationships. In fact, they really form their identity through the lens of relationships. Wow,
0: how other people think of me, what, and whether or not we're okay and we're a caring, warm relationship.
1: Absolutely. It's the, I'm okay if you're okay. So
0: what do we do when we're working with a two or managing a two?
1: Okay. So do's for a two? Yeah. Okay. So because they have these highly developed interpersonal skills, what you want to do is place them in positions where there's a lot of people contact. For example, they are great customer service people, hmm. frontline people.
0: They want to make people happy. They want that oh. warm. That's yeah. really good to yeah.
1: know. Another do is twos, their staple is appreciation and applause. So at every opportunity... Affirm, affirm, affirm. Affirm, affirm, affirm. You cannot do enough in that regard.
0: That is great to know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely.
1: Don'ts with a two. (laughs) They have a lot of trouble saying no. Uh, So do nines, Mm. right? So you don't want to take advantage of them. You never want to take advantage of a two. In part because... They won't put up with it for long, and you'll, you'll get- Because
0: you're taking away their lifeblood.
1: Yeah, you're going to get some slapback yeah. somewhere down the line if you take advantage of them.
0: Okay, let's say you get a slapback from a two. What do you do immediately?
1: As with ones, you never embarrass the two. Okay. You have to take them aside and deal with them privately. You know, Mary Kay is a two corporation,
0: right? Yeah. So
1: they start with that, that affirmation constructive feedback followed by affirmation. Like that is a rule inside the house. I think that's called,
0: it was like the affirmation sandwich or something. Right? Ex- I think yeah, I the affirmation to that. sandwich, yeah, yeah. exactly. So,
1: but that's because twos take criticism harder than any other number on the Enneagram. Yeah. If you do a 360 of a two and you try to do it the same way you did with the eight you had in your office an hour earlier, your two will be crushed. Your eight will leave the office like, oh, okay, cool, great. I needed to know that. The two will die if you come at them wow. with the same bias. Yeah.
0: That's fantastic. Okay, again, if you want the download, storybrand.com slash Enneagram, and you can actually read these and follow along, you should send it to your entire staff and have them come back to you and say what number they think they are. Yeah. Okay, type three, the performer. Mm -hmm. That's me, and that's you. You have a three wing. I have a heavy three wing. Yeah, they are success-oriented, image-conscious, and wired for productivity. Mm -hmm. Threes are motivated by a need to be or appear to be successful and also to avoid Failure. Yeah. That sounds mm-hmm. really familiar. Yeah.
1: Tell me a little bit about threes. Well, these are great human beings. We oh, wouldn't have, so we would much. not Thanks have the country that. we this have. This is, by the
0: way, how he plays you like a fiddle.
1: <laughs> hey, listen, at the bottom line is that threes want to win. Yeah. And they want to make it look easy. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What's the make it look easy part? Well, I think it's a way of messaging their competency. Like, oh yeah, sure, I ran that twenty-six mile marathon and didn't break a sweat. Right. You know, right, oh, right, I wasn't right, that right. big a deal. You know, all it does is highlight their their talents. What's you know? the
0: difference between the eight? We're gonna get to the eight later. The eight sort of desire to dominate, mm-hmm. and the three's desire to win. What's the difference either? Because I notice I have a lot of sort of eight characteristics sometimes, sure you do. but they're different. Because I don't really want to pound you or put my foot on your neck, right? Right. I just want to win.
1: Absolutely. So the three most assertive numbers on the Enneagram are threes, sevens, and eights. Okay. That means they move toward people reflexively, right? Fours, fives, and nines tend to withdraw, Hmm. right? Ones, twos, and sixes tend to depend. Sometimes they're called dutiful numbers. Okay. One, two, and six. Now for you, yeah, man, you want to win. For an eight, they too want to win. Eights and threes are often CEOs of large corporations, Hmm. right? But they're going to want to win through a whole different way than you are. They're going to be a little bit more like a blunt instrument. You're going to be a little bit more surgical and seductive in your way of winning. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> get your Get your NPR voice on right there, you there go. man.
0: Okay, do's and don'ts for the type three, yeah. the performer.
1: So like I said, threes want to win. So what you want to do with them to incentivize them is you need to set really clear objectives and goals, and you want to set up reward systems. Okay. Okay. Things like bonuses, promotions, promises of advancement, you know, because those things are like candy. They want a scoreboard. They want, oh, yeah. They They they, want a scoreboard. You bet they do. They want to know if they're winning. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Okay.
0: And don'ts with a three?
1: Well, don't allow threes to cut corners because remember, they want to cross the finish line first.
0: Gotcha. Right. And sometimes they run through the back of the donut shop and through the alley. Yeah. Well, you just
1: mentioned something. You're like with Tim, right? Mm -hmm. He's like, well, let's go back and punch in that word and stuff. And you're thinking, I'm moving on to something else right now. Yeah, yeah. Right? And if I want to cross the goal line first, I don't have time to stop and do this with you. That's right. Right? So- But yeah. I've
0: learned not to do that. I've and that's called cutting, cutting corners, right? Yeah. So
1: if he's got a strong one wing, he will not tolerate cutting corners. Right. Right? Yeah. And he'll call you on it, right? So- Really important to rely on people who say, um, like that's sometimes if it's a very unhealthy three, that's not entirely principled,
0: yeah. So you can actually get some, oh, you yeah. know, fudge in the numbers, guys.
1: Oh, yeah, well, because you know, one of the things the Enneagram, and this is something I've spent a lot of time thinking about, and this is very important for human resources people, by the way.
0: Mm-hmm. So, I this always podcast is very important for human resources, all right. So, people. check
1: this out. I always tell them, and this they already know this, right? But basically, you hire first for character. You hire second for competencies. You then hire for charisma, which has a little bit to do with social skills, right? Yeah. And then fourthly, you know, personality and fit on teams. Now, that's not to say that that's a far jump from one to four. You should take all of that data into consideration, right? But just remember, all of these numbers, when they're healthy, fantastic. But your personality, if it's infected by bad character, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. negates any kind of positive that you bring to the table right
0: yeah you're just going to undo the whole thing
1: you bet yeah okay so
0: what don't you do then with the three don't let them cut corners don't let them get things done too fast yeah don't let them run over co-workers will they do that oh my gosh on the way to the goal
1: line yeah they can be insensitive right yeah uh they can use other people to get over the goal line right Um, they can dismiss people who want to tap the brakes and say We need to consider a few things here, Uh, uh, right? Or we need to think about the details. You hate details.
0: I hate details.
1: You hate like, yeah.
0: I always say without my team, I'd be a homeless man with a big vision.
1: Right. (laughs) Well, you're a tell and sell guy. It's tell and sell. Uh, Just don't give me all the data and Give me just the big picture. Yeah. I can make it look like I know everything about it. You know, it's so funny. This is And sell
0: it. It's, it's both Tim positive... is laughing right now. Oh, he totally is. He's totally snorting he to over there. And Tim is actually probably a three with a two wing. He thinks he's a two with a three wing. He's got these one characteristics too because he's just so excellence driven. He is the guy who I would be homeless with a big vision with that. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so I'm like this when I work with clients though at StoryBrand. Uh-huh. I want them to win. You bet. And I get into a room with people who love their company, love their customers, want to talk warm and fuzzy. And I'm like, scoreboard, scoreboard, scoreboard. Don't we all care about the scoreboard? And I have to put that in check sometimes. If they're paying me a bunch of money to be there, they are going to make a bunch of money when I leave the room. Mm -hmm. And if they get into the warm and fuzzy territory, I'm just going, I'm not getting these guys a return. They're going to kill me. Because right. I project my three onto them, right? which most people like that. Well, actually, keep, the customer money sa- back.
1: keep the customer satisfied is a big theme for threes. Okay.
0: Type four, mm. the romantic. If you, again, if you want to download storybrand.com slash Enneagram, mm-hmm. the romantic.
1: Yeah. So I just did a couple of corporate events. You for, are a four, we should say. I am a four. I Like you said, a very heavy Very strong three wing. three wing, yeah. So I just did a couple of corporate events. And at the only one where there were a good number of fours was at a record label, a big record label. <laughs> I rarely Working see in fours. The environment. Yeah. I rarely see fours in big major corporations, which is a blind spot, I think, for, for because someone. they offer something.
0: Oh yeah, what do they offer?
1: Well, you don't find a more creative, imaginative, um, I agree innovative, thoughtful and he, person, and it
0: comes off as brilliance often. It can, yeah. especially if they're reflecting on their own lives. Susie on my staff earlier today told me that your book, your memoir, is her favorite book. Mm. And you're an Enneagram 4. Yep. That was Jesus, My Father, the CIA, and Me. Yeah. That's Ian's early book. And then I wrote a bunch of memoirs too, which Susie didn't mention. (laughs) (laughs) But you noticed. (laughs) (laughs) I actually did notice then. I'm only noticing now because she's in the corner of the studio here. Uh, But they're great at reflecting on their lives and pulling really beautiful things out of it. In a kind of selfless way, because they're actually reflecting Mm -hmm. on their lives, finding the common ground they have with the reader. Yeah. If you really write a book reflecting on your life, nobody's going to read it. It's going to be the most boring book ever. You won't even be entertained by it. Right. But when you actually find the common ground between us as human beings, Mm -hmm. Fours are
1: great at that. Right. Connecting at the heart. Connecting at the heart. Yeah.
0: Also, if you have like an ad campaign, you're doing branding, not marketing, Mm -hmm. branding. Yes. Fours empathize and understand Right, They can be kind of the radar of all nine types in since sense that they know how a nine is feeling, they know how an eight's feeling, they know how a two's feeling. If they're older right. and they've processed some things, you can take a male four who's 50 years old and say, describe to me what you think postpartum depression might feel mm-hmm. like. And they will have an idea.
1: Yeah, and not only that, but the, the chances are they'll articulate it beautifully and from a really deep heart place.
0: And empathy is enormous. It's a competitive advantage if you're thinking about empathy with your customers. I'm glad
1: you mentioned that because actually it's the secret sauce to yeah. communicating with other people yep. and to relating to other people Again, so a lot of times I'll meet with like different numbers than you get. Threes, eights, and they're like, ah, oh, please, I don't want to hear all that stuff. You know, let's just get to the cell. And I'm like, you better know about empathy. Yeah. You better know about you know how other people see the world, and you better make that connection, or you're not going. Anywhere and how with that they're seeing person. you. Absolutely.
0: Okay. Do's and don'ts for a four. Do's.
1: Yeah. So these are pretty creative, sensitive, and temperamental people. So you want to let them express their creativity, their depth, and their distinct style in the room. You definitely want to do that. And you want to take advantage of it for sure. You want to make sure that fours know that you understand them, that you listen to them. So for example, let's say they chime in and they got an idea, right? Mm And as long as they know that you understood them and the idea, they're cool if you don't use it. But if you just kind of dismiss it or you know, don't stop to acknowledge it in some way, you'll put their nose out of joint pretty yeah, quick. Yeah, yeah. You, know? you want to really help them balance their emotional, in psychology we call it lability, right? Say their moodiness. Right, they can, they can be a little moody. Oh, my gosh. They, they have, ride the
0: waves yeah. of, the, of their weather.
1: Fours have more feelings in a minute than you have in a week. <laughs> okay, seriously. And they I have, can, well, I have a strong four wing, so yeah. I understand and they that. can name them. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're great in therapy. They're therapists, we love them. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you just ask a question, and an hour later, it's over. You, don't even, you never got to say another thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but you do want them to balance their emotional depth with more critical thinking.
0: Okay. For sure. All right, and don't with a four. Don't do this.
1: Yeah, uh, never minimize a four's feelings or tell them to cheer up when they're, Ooh, when they're down. Because don't tell them to cheer up. Well, because they're very hung up on authenticity. Gotcha. They've, so nah, nah, yeah. if you tell them to cheer up, what you're asking them to do is fake it. Yeah,
0: and they don't want to fake it. Absolutely. They feel like liars when they don't obey their emotional state. Absolutely. Yeah, they actually are people usually have pretty good integrity. and They, don't. they are. Yeah, yeah. yeah they I want mean, to be reconciled to who they really feel like they are. Totally. Maybe they over empathize and think of my four wing. Over empathize with their own feelings sometimes, and believe that's who they are. Over identify. Over identify. Yeah. They actually.
1: It's not. I have feelings when they're not very healthy. It's I am my feelings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know.
0: I've been there. Not a great thing. Yeah. I wrote books from that place.
1: Your three core actually leveraged and monetized your four gifts. It's really
0: hilarious. Because my four, my four would say, oh, I'm such a loser, you know? And my three would be, yeah, but we can make money off this.
1: Totally. But can I ask you a question? Yeah. When you were working on books, when you do things, let's say you're walking off a stage. You've just given a talk. When you're walking toward the stairs, does your four wing begin to prosecute your three wing for not having been authentic on stage? No. Oh, that's no, interesting. It, it
0: might have been... Yeah, there are times when I can identify with that, but no, I don't think so. My three-wing will start critically thinking of the point that I should have brought home harder or, you know, whatever.
1: Right, but you never nail yourself for kind of being a little bit of a schmoozer out there or not. Yeah,
0: there'll be times when it's more like dinner party, right? Mm -hmm. I'm leaving a dinner party and it's like, well, you really told that joke in order to impress those people. That's your to, four? That's, the that's four your four Prosecuting that, your three. Yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> working you really over. It's like you get a little
1: tortured inside that head. Yeah, really, you know? it's really funny.
0: <laughs> I'll be back in a moment with the rest of my conversation with Ian Cron. If you are interested in this conversation, you say, man, I wish I could have a cheat sheet. You've heard me say it a million times, but I want to make sure you hear it very clearly. Go to storybrand.com slash Enneagram, E-N-N-E-A-G-R-A-M, and download the cheat sheet on how to deal with each of the nine types. Not only that, we videotaped this interview, and you can actually watch it on video. That is, you can see what I'm wearing right now. And uh, you can also see what Ian's wearing. He's wearing a hat with a B on it, just letting you know. But is it the letter B or the insect? You'll never know. Unless you go to storybrand.com slash Enneagram, E-N-N-E-A-G-R-A-M, and download the cheat sheet. Type five, the investigator. They are analytical, emotionally detached, and private. Fives are motivated by a need to gain knowledge,
1: conserve energy. I didn't know that about fives. Oh, absolutely. And avoid relying on others. Right. Self-sufficiency. Very big themes.
0: Describe the five. Where Um, where do we put them in an
1: organization? Well, this Data analysts? Absolutely. But again, we want to be careful we don't stereotype people. Right. You don't want to say, well, every five has got a pocket protector with pens in it, and they're all coders. They have no friends, they go home and they do games at night online with other people. Right. Because they don't have to do face to face contact that way. Yeah. I mean, that's those are stereotypes. I mean, Bill Gates is a five. Really? Oh, absolutely. And that they are
0: makes so much sense. Oh, yeah.
1: Ambitious and great pioneers, especially with a four wing. Great pioneers. You think he's got a four wing? You know, I don't know. I, I haven't done enough research into his day to day contact yeah, yeah. with other people. But, you know, that company ate other companies alive. Right. Right. Oh, so they were
0: vicious in terms of their competitiveness.
1: Absolutely. So was that driven by his personality, you think? Well, yeah. I mean, you know, that's the headwaters of the company, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, when you walk into a room, you are a very sociable person. Right. You get energized by being with other people, probably. Mm-hmm. Right. But for a five, every handshake, every conversation, you know, everything just costs them more, particularly in the relational sphere, right? They fear that they don't have the internal resources to meet all the demands. So they have some life...
0: social anxiety sometimes.
1: Yeah, sometimes they can be socially awkward, very hard for them to do, you know, small talk.
0: So I think of scholars. Am I off to think of scholars when I think of fives? No, there
1: are lots of scholars who are fives, for sure. Yeah. Bob because, Woodward
0: seems like a fun. Yeah,
1: because they love to research and get to the bottom of niche subjects, right? Yeah. I went to a, a hotel not long ago, and it was a convention center where I was speaking, and there were other, obviously, events going on. One was a rare German manuscript, mm. kind of a little convention going on, rare German manuscripts, and then a Star Trek convention. <laughs> No, this is you talk about a collision of worlds, right? I've never seen more fives. Actually, I bet you a lot of
0: the Star Trek guys remember I would say, "Hey, have you seen this other German?" uh, Well yeah, I mean (laughs) seriously, because they get
1: bored fast. Like (laughs) once they get to the bottom of Star Trek, right? Yeah, and know everything about it. Yeah, it's like, well, I got to find something else because they just hoover knowledge, man. Yeah, they can't get enough information. Are they able to
0: land very easily? What do you mean by that? You know, sometimes I think of one of Jimmy Carter's. Not downfalls, because I think he was a good president. Certainly great post-presidency. He was able to see things from so many different angles. Mm-hmm. So when you said, what do you think about this? Carter would answer, well, there's really five perspectives on it. Yes. Well, you uh, know- I think of Rob Bell, the theologian, the same way. Right. Rob doesn't land a whole lot. He shares a bunch of perspectives well, on yeah.
1: it. Yeah, he's a seven. So he's a little bit of a butterfly. Is he a seven? Oh, with a seven wing. Oh, I didn't realize that. Oh, yeah. He I could love Rob. rival Bob Goff.
0: Oh, gosh, really? All oh. fireworks going off at once.
1: All day long, <laughs> man. I'm just telling you. Now, Jimmy Carter, interestingly, was a one.
0: Oh, I could see that, too. Boy, his stance Absolutely. on Israel-Palestinian Did you know relationships that? got him in trouble,
1: and he's a reformer. Well, because he gets down into the weeds. He does in, get down into the weeds. Into the details, yeah. loses the big picture, and slows everything down. Gotcha. Did you know, by the way, that um, he actually knew and sort of kept a monitor on... Who was using the White House tennis court at any given moment, and did they sign up?
0: You are kidding me, Jimmy Carter still teaching Sunday school to this day. You bet. All right, Jimmy, don't let him use that tennis court. No. Okay, what do you do with a five?
1: Well, they love autonomy. So let's say for that's very
0: interesting to know because I wouldn't have known that about a five. They want agency to be able to control their environment and
1: yeah, because they want to be able to apportion those inner resources wisely. Gotcha. And they want to conserve them. And if they're around too many people, for example, like in an open workspace, like that's a don't for fives. Don't put them in an open workspace environment where they're likely to be interrupted or where people are going to expect them to do small talk, which is awkward deep, for deep them. Because they're deep
0: down at the bottom of the sea, scrounging for treasure.
1: Totally. Gotcha. So I tell people, like, uh, if you're incentivized by advancement or promotion or greater numbers, right, for threes, Don't waste your time on money with fives. They're minimalists. They're not really incentivized by cash as much as they are by freedom.
0: (laughs) Wow, okay.
1: Give them a project, tell them when it's due, and let them go do it wherever and however they choose.
0: What don't you do with a five? What's gonna tick them off? What's gonna upset and hurt their heart?
1: Number one, don't ask a five to give a presentation or a report spontaneously. Oh,
0: they wanna prepare.
1: Yeah, it's called prepare and review. Review and prepare, right? Now, they can do it. Just don't ask them to do it spontaneously. You, I can do this too. Sevens can do it for sure. Eights too. You asked me to give a presentation or a toast at a party you got or a something napkin like that. On you? Yeah, <laughs> I literally wrote a book proposal on a napkin for my first book, Chasing Francis. In the meeting, like, okay, we're going to do it. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't ask a five. You to love it. it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I get off on fives. Want to review it, go over it. Yeah, many review times. and prepare. I you told know. you they value privacy, right? Yeah. Uninterrupted workspace, and they hate meetings. So if you have really? a- Why, oh, do Why do they hate, they hate meetings? What do they hate about meetings? Well, because there's lots of talking. Usually people are doing group decision process making and they hate that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's more like you better have an agenda and let them know the day before that meeting's coming. Yeah, people, there are some people who are like, hey, let's have a meeting, right? And, you know, the five is like, let's not.
0: Wow. Okay, sixes. Yes, the um, loyalist. Oh, I am man. married to a six. I love, I love six. Some sixes. Aren't they
1: wonderful? Yeah, and I, I've heard I you. Do. Tell me if
0: I'm wrong. Didn't you say once that up to fifty percent of the population are enneagram sixes? Yeah, I mean a
1: lot of teachers speculate, lot of speculate it, right? That yeah. there are more sixes. Uh, the second number would be nines.
0: They are committed. They are practical and loyal. They are The sixes are worst-case scenario thinkers, that yeah. is my wife, yeah. who are motivated by fear and the need for security. I would say my wife is actually, she's chairman of the board of a human trafficking organization. Yeah. She's incredibly bold. But, okay, two mornings ago, I was lightly reprimanded when I woke up because I did not wake up to the tornado sirens in the neighborhood to protect the family. You can't make it And I'm it literally up. like, hun, I was sleeping. Yeah. I slept through them. Yeah. I, like If I would've heard them, I would've, I don't know what I'm gonna do for a tornado, throw another blanket on the bed.
1: No, you can't make it up, it's so good. <laughs> this stuff is so predictable and habitual. I mean, seriously, when I go into companies, right, and I'm doing a, a large workshop, yes. they look at me sometimes like I invented fire. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying I mean I wish I'd invented the Enneagram right. but they just kind of look at me like how did you know that
0: Yeah, <laughs> how did you know weird. that about me yeah how did, that's creepy
1: you yeah know? great so, risk assessment people you have one in house
0: I have one in my home right in your home but I have here, one in my bedroom
1: how about StoryBrand
0: well Betsy works at StoryBrand okay so she does a little bit of risk assessment you need one I need one because I will. Oh my gosh! I won't even tell you stories. Yeah. I rented a car the other day at an airport. It's ten o'clock I was so exhausted, but it happened to be a convertible, and I wanted to. I just had to hit a hundred miles per hour, knowing that there's probably <laughs> not cops out this late. And how long could I hold a hundred miles yep. per hour on a, on a California freeway? Yeah. I had so much fun. So
1: I have a friend of mine who's a six, and he he likes to say that he has pre-traumatic stress disorder. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> that is such a great way to say it. It's true, though. But I got to the hotel and realized, oh, my wife's not with me. That's why I went 100 miles per hour for right. as long as I could. Yeah. By the way, I didn't really do that. California Highway Patrol.
1: Dues with a yep. six.
0: How do you treat them? What do you do?
1: Sixes have an endless stream of questions and doubts. Okay. Okay. So if you bring a plan to the table with them, they're going to start asking you a lot of questions. What they w- it's not because they're questioning your authority or your ability. What they want to know is, have you thought through all the things that could go wrong if we implement this plan? Gotcha. And what will be my role in it? What will I do? What's the if, role part? What are they, well, they, what, what am I going to do if something goes wrong? Am I going to uh, be prepared? Are we going to be okay? Are we going to be okay? Yeah. Do I know what's expected of me? Should things go south on us? Yeah. Right? Now, once you've got them on board, they're the most loyal people in the world. Yes.
0: Betsy is such a loyalist. Yeah. I mean, I, literally in our home, I mean, I can say something negative about somebody like, You know, that person was a little bit annoying tonight. I can't go much further than that. Because Betsy will say, no, stop. And she will be so fiercely loyal, not just to her friends, to my friends. Mm -hmm. And it's actually made a wonderful... Kind of marriage because you totally. have this emergency break that's always going ah oh, we don't talk about people that way oh no and what she's really mm-hmm. saying is we keep those relationships strong that's our security blanket.
1: well because they forge strong alliances because they're good people number one mm-hmm. but number two because strong alliances create networks in which you feel safe and secure
0: that's right right yeah you know what a gift to yeah have a in your line. so
1: you better listen as a so I tell three sevens and eights all the time.
0: Listen to your six.
1: And you need one. And you're sometimes going to feel like they're throwing a wet blanket on your plans, or they're always sometimes gonna...
0: I, I, I do sometimes feel that, but yeah. you realize the upside of it is so great.
1: So I did a corporate gig recently for a company where I swear to you I had 85 sevens in the room. <laughs> I am not kidding you. I got off <laughs> you the You Tell me the name of the everybody yeah, would know who we're talking company. about. Yeah, it's, it's a company a great that does like company. fundraising. Yeah. I mean, they're a great company. Yeah. Right. The chairman is a seven. The kinds of work they do requires tons of sevens. I've never had so much fun doing a gig in my whole life. I got off the plane, they're handing me Cohiba cigars. You know, like, <laughs> like, like, you know, margaritas, drinks with like umbrellas coming yeah, out yeah, of yeah. them, right? So he's a seven, his number two is a six. They've been best friends for 30 years, 20 or 30 years, yeah. right? And so I got both of them up on a panel and I, uh, the last panel I did, because I bring people up front a lot of times in workshops and right. just interview them, right? And I said, tell me about the nature of your relationship, right? And the seven said, if it weren't for him, we wouldn't be here. I have so many ideas like monkey mind, popcorn going off in my head. He said, I'd chase all of them, even if they're risky. Right. And he's the one who says, no, hold if on one second. we do that, second. we're gonna. Yeah, that's... what about the cash flow? So uh, just really quick, I'm talking to the group and I happen to notice him staring at the ground and i pay attention when people sort of start to what i call dissociate right they're yeah. they kind of look off into space or they're staring at the ground and because i knew him and i had good rapport in the room i said let me just stop everybody for one second i just want to ask so-and-so what are you thinking right now and he looked up at me like that and he goes if we have enough i don't know if it was cash flow or reserves to make payroll this month And everyone else in the room went, good, good, that's great, you know? So that's, you know, the importance of sixes in the world, man. They keep us together, you know? Okay,
0: with sixes, we want to patiently ask questions about the initiatives and address their concerns. Be transparent, treat people fairly, and deliver on what you promise. I'm reading right from the document, storybrand.com slash Enneagram if you want it. Don't do this with a six. Don't do what?
1: Don't ignore them when they point out the flaws in the plan, don't trivialize those. Don't flaws. trivialize, and whatever you do, don't minimize their anxieties about yeah. something. Yeah, you know? I
0: learned that with my wife
1: mm-hmm. because it's if you say really to them, helpful. if you say to them, Oh, you're such a pessimist, they'll look at you dead seriously and go, Uh uh-uh, uh, I'm a realist. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. So you don't want to minimize those. You also don't want to let them slip so far into analysis paralysis that they mm-hmm. fall into one of their weaknesses, which is making decisions.
0: They don't love making decisions.
1: No. Mm-mm.
0: My wife will write an email to somebody that basically says, can you get together for lunch at noon? Mm-hmm. And she will read that email to me says, does this sound okay? Yep. And I'm like, yeah. Um, do you want to get together at lunch tomorrow at noon? Sounds great. And then 30 minutes later. So
1: she turned to the authority...
0: Or she turned to somebody. Yeah, I mean, you know. right.
1: Because they don't trust their internal guidance system. Right. She's relying on yours. Right. Right. Yeah. Now, if we were doing a marriage podcast, I would, give you a, I would give you some advice on that. That would What's help hilarious her. Is thirty
0: you. minutes later. She'll say, "Can I read it to you again?" Yeah. And it'll say, mm-hmm. "At noon tomorrow, I'd like to get lunch." Yeah. Are you available? Yeah. Is that <laughs> like, is that, yeah? yeah in the right place? That also works. Yeah. That's exactly. Will they, yeah. will they be okay with this? Yeah. But where that's great is often I'll say, "Babe." I'm so frustrated with this person. I think they've insulted a member of my staff. I'm yeah. willing to lose the money. Huh. And so, how's this email? I hate your guts. Mm-hmm. And I want you to die of food poisoning. Mm. And she'll say, "Let's not say it that way."
1: Right? Yeah, we might. Yeah, we could probably find some different language to communicate the same material without. Yeah. Torturing exactly. Them. They are
0: very, very yeah. helpful. Yeah. Seven, the enthusiast, yeah. fun, spontaneous, and adventurous. Sevens are motivated by a need to be happy, to plan stimulating experiences, and to avoid difficult feelings. If you listen to our podcast with Jesse Cole about. I don't know, three episodes back. He has a book called something like Find Your Yellow Tuxedo, and he is the owner of the Savannah Bananas baseball team. Oh, that's And great. he fills up 4,000 seats every game, and he's sold out for the next two years, Yeah, this season and next season. He is a seven.
1: He is a Pied Piper.
0: He is a Pied Piper. They are fun, spontaneous, and adventurous. Sevens are motivated by a need to be happy, to plan stimulating experiences, and to avoid difficult feelings tell me a little bit about the seven
1: well the first thing unless you're a five the first person you want to meet when you walk into the office in the morning is a seven
0: yeah they're just glad you're
1: sunny optimistic can do people man they're a
0: yellow lab on a warm summer day they're loving it
1: and they never stop wagging their tail man (laughs) they're always happy and pursuing you know all kinds of like they're always fantasizing about Unlimited possibilities. Right. You know, I mean, think about Bob, right? Yeah. Bob thinks we're talking about,
0: about Bob Goff, our friend. Unlimited
1: Bob. possibilities. Yeah. We can do anything and we can make this world a better, more satisfying, more fun place. More fun place, more balloons.
0: One thing I've noticed about Bob over the years, we've known Bob a long time. Seven's a weakness would be they don't like to go dark. They don't like to process no. hard things.
1: Mm-mm. Man, Bob
0: has done such a great job cultivating yeah. that part of himself.
1: Self-awareness.
0: Well, he's got it. I've really watched right. him transform. It was never bad. Previously, right. so I wouldn't have called somebody like Bob if I had a rough day. Right. Plus, I don't want to take him there. Right? Right. He naturally, right. would go there. Now, he can process it. I'm amazed. He's, yeah. he's done great.
1: Yep. Dues for a seven. Give them a long leash, give them a varied job description, and hold them to stay focused because they can get distracted real fast.
0: So you got to kind of put some guardrails in there, otherwise they're going to yep. start seven new revenue right. divisions. But don't make them too tight. Yeah. Right. Give like, them some freedom. Yeah,
1: they need a five-lane highway. Yeah. And you need to let them go. Sevens are jet thing. fuel. Oh, they're, they're just, just well. Jet first of all, fuel. you know they're they're huge visionaries, right? So one of the things I love about fives is. They have this ability to seep overlapping patterns, connecting dots, seeing opportunities. They can hybridize things, create products that nobody in a million years would have thought of. Wow. Yeah. So you definitely want to leverage them, and they're awesome in startups.
0: All right, don't don't do this with the seven, the enthusiast.
1: So if sixes manage fear with pessimism, sevens manage it with optimism. They and get overly
0: optimistic. Yeah. So yeah, when we can fly this plane with one wing.
1: Absolutely. So <laughs> what you don't want to do is let this optimistic seven wallpaper over big problems or failures on gotcha. their part. Gotcha. Right. You gotta hold them to it, like hold their feet to the fire for sure on that one.
0: They could use a little sixes too in their lives. Oh yeah. Yeah,
1: Yeah. somebody to hold him, just to keep the bit in the mouth, just a little bit, but not too much.
0: Okay. Type eight, yeah, the man. challenger, commanding, intense, and confrontational. Eights are motivated by a need to be strong and to assert control over their environment and others to avoid revealing weaknesses or vulnerability. Yeah, man. This is clearly Donald Trump. I know you thought he was a two. But I think he's an eight. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs>
1: mm, I did not make that misidentification. I can promise you that I, I did not. You know, so you know, these are people who are larger than life presences. Yeah. I don't know if I ever said this to you, if I mentioned it before, but one of my favorite quotes about eights is about Frank Sinatra, who was about five two. Okay, right, yeah.
0: and he was an eight. Oh, yeah. And his, rough character oh yeah
1: his friends used to say you could feel frank walk into a room 15 minutes before he got there <laughs> and that's an eight man yeah you know jack just, welch would be one
0: jack welch is eight donald trump is an eight dick cheney is an eight mm-hmm. they tend to be kind of black and white thinkers in some way
1: definitely black and white thinkers. A little bit
0: bulldogs or pit bulls yes they can be i either really love an eight or really don't want them around
1: just depends on the level of health
0: yeah Right? I really like a lot of eights.
1: You know, fours and eights have great relationships because both feel very misunderstood in life.
0: Oh, is that right? Oh, absolutely. Eights feel misunderstood in what way?
1: Well, because they present this very rough exterior, but on the inside... They're are st- they sensitive? I don't know if I use the word they're not, sensitive. They're not strong
0: empathy characters usually, right?
1: Not like a four would be or a two would be or even as a, like a three would be. These are people who just they tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth, and you better do the same. Yeah. Them. yeah, that, yeah, for yeah. Example, that's a do with them. Right. Yeah. Well, if-
0: you say that, but Trump is known for not telling the truth, or at least that's the perception of him. Right. They, uh, one mm-hmm. thing that I think about somebody like Trump, and I don't mean to bring up the president because right. I know it's a sensitive issue, they sort of believe their own weather sometimes. Sevens can do that. They say something into existence mm-hmm. because they want it to be true, right. which is technically lying, of course, yeah. but I also have a lot of empathy that's for the who's That's also Steve Jobs, yeah. yeah, Steve Jobs. Right. And a lot of that stuff becomes true.
1: It does, but people used to say that he used to give off this perception reality. Field. I can't remember what they called it. You know, mm-hmm. where he would create this other world and you'd the buy Juju. it. <laughs> I mean, you'd buy it. It was mesmerizing. Right. That's also the reason. I, if I had to be honest, and I'm was not going to tell you Steve what John I think. Was Jobs was an eight? No. Oh, what? what was he? No. You know, there's two sort of lines of thought on it. One is that he was a seven. The other one is that he was a one. That's fascinating. Which is interesting because, you know, they share a line on the Enneagram.
0: Seven goes to one when they're healthy, right? hmm Yeah, okay. Right? So, that's another, you got to get into the book. Yeah,
1: another time, another time. The thing you need to remember about eights, right, is they have a squishy middle. They have a lot of heart. They care deeply about people. It's just um, fortressed. You know, you don't see it very often, yeah. right? And that's why they're easily misunderstood. Eights are always confused when you tell them, you know, you're intimidating, domineering, blunt. They're like, what? I'm just a straightforward good guy. I, I got a lot of heart. Yeah. So they kind of I've also a...
0: noticed like eights will die for you. Oh, yeah. They will lay down their lives for you. Mm-hmm. They are so committed to right. your success. And I've also noticed, even though they, have, they can sometimes have controlling dominant personalities, they're really not envious of your success as long as, as you're right. acknowledging they played a part in it and they, they love loyalty. Oh. <laughs> it's their love language. So it's a loyalty. big theme
1: in the life of eights is a fear of betrayal. That's why they only have four or five dear friends. I mean, really close friends in the, in the course of a lifetime. That's why they'll take a bullet for a friend. Yeah. Right? Loyalty is a gigantic theme. I'm going to hit the Donald Trump thing once again. And yeah, this yeah. is not a political sure, yeah, uh, yeah. opinion or commentary. One of the reasons I don't think he's an eight. What? Yeah, I'm not sure. Keep going. I think he might be a counterphobic six.
0: Counterphobic six is not something I totally understand. I understand the phobic six. So, the counterphobic six. Yeah, is is afraid, and then they lash out against what it is that they're afraid of.
1: Yes. So a counterphobic six would rather rebel than submit. A phobic six would rather submit than rebel when it comes to authority figures in both, right? So sixes don't know they're afraid, right? Okay. They're out of touch with their fear, and they can be very aggressive towards systems or people that they feel are sources of danger. Right? Yeah. And so they're always wanting to bring down the authority structure or always want to bring down the man, for example. Yeah. They're very suspicious of other people. And so, an eight, for example, people tend to think of eights who we're talking about right now as bullies. They're never bullies. In fact, they stand up to bullies, they always fight for the underdog. Unhealthy six is the one who's a bully because they're the
0: counterphobic, unhealthy six. The counterphobic
1: six in an unhealthy state. Is a bully because their bullying or their aggression is uh, rooted in fear. There's definitely a
0: sense of panic when you actually say, Why in the world would he say that in public mm-hmm. unless he was deathly afraid? You think right. about fear and the motivations. But of it's fear. completely
1: masked behind an exterior of roughness and confidence.
0: All right. Do's and don'ts with an eight. Yeah. Do's.
1: You want to know that eights will test authority. So you need to set limits. You need to have boundaries. You need to give straightforward feedback. And they're great with that.
0: Totally they'll, you'll, great. You'll, if you're a little bit of a weak personality, they'll railroad you. Oh, yeah. But I would say you actually just set boundaries and say, hey, this is what our relationship is going to look like. And they're great with it.
1: Yeah. They totally. just need to know the rules. They need to know you're the boss. Yeah. And that they can trust you yeah. to be the boss. Never waffle. Don't be indecisive. Don't change plans midstream. Commit to a course of action. They'll follow you. If you're weak, if you're weak, you're invisible. And if there's a power vacuum.
0: They're gonna take it, they're gonna step in. Threes
1: or eights will take it, (laughs) for sure.
0: Okay, don'ts with eights. Well, you actually hit a lot of them. Don't waffle or waver when you commit to a course of action. Yeah,
1: you know, don't let them take action too quickly either because they're big, bold decision makers. Yeah. And um, don't let them do it without consulting with others first or thinking through the consequences. Because I've told AIDS before in sort of consulting positions, like, just because you feel screwed doesn't mean you're, you are screwed. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, don't, so think through things before you react. Don't go into reactivity.
0: All right. Type nine. Yeehaw! The peacemaker. Pleasant, yep. laid back, and accommodating. Nines are motivated by a need to keep the peace, merge with others, and avoid conflict. Yes. I like
1: nines. I'm married to a nine. I'm a father to a nine. Oh kids. wow, you got a yeah. lot of nines. I've got a, a lot of household. I got a Hakuna Matata in my house all <laughs> the time, baby. It's like Margaritaville every day when I go in.
0: How do you recognize the nine on your staff? What are they doing? What are they like?
1: They're the accommodating, go with the flow, don't rock the boat types. They're people that you need to really press. So here's a do: you really want to press into them and say, "What is your?" Personal opinion, viewpoint, or perspective on this particular topic because otherwise they'll be tempted to merge with the opinion and uh, the direction of the group. Gotcha. And they'll disappear into it. Yeah. Right? So, an unhealthy nine is self deleting. They erase their own importance Mm. because if they assert it, they're afraid it's going to cause conflict.
0: They're conflict avoidant normally.
1: Oh, oh, yes. Hmm. And so you want to be careful because it's not that they're not, they're as angry as eights. So, don't fool yourself. They have all the they same They feel am- things. They do to an extent if they allow themselves to, but the way that anger comes out is passive aggression. Yeah. They'll slow stuff down, they'll be it'll come out sideways. You got to watch that with them.
0: Wow. Okay, so those yeah. are the do's and don'ts of the peacemaker. Total, well, yeah. What are the don'ts? We hit some of the dudes. Uh, don't don'ts. let them
1: sell themselves short, because they really have considerable talents, but they don't see them.
0: You got to call it out of them.
1: You got to call it out on They'll them. They'll go invisible quick. Yeah, and you need to give them time to process. You or eights make a decision like that. If you're a nine, you need two days.
0: You know, as a three, I kind of think I want to have my impact on the world, and I want to make sure that uh, that impact is positive. The nines that I've dealt with also want me to have an impact on the world. And Yeah, want me, man. <laughs> they're very <laughs> selfless. They're not thinking about, I'm going to have my impact on the world.
1: Well, they, you just used a great word. Yeah. They're um, when they're healthy, they're selfless. When they're unhealthy, they're selfless. Ah, gotcha. There's no self. It gets gotcha. blurry and ill-defined. You can't even figure
0: out their identity is really mushy inside their own-
1: Sometimes with a very unhealthy nine, you feel like they're almost more of an atmosphere than a solid.
0: What's a great place or give me a great role for a nine on a team?
1: Well, they're great when it comes time to reconcile differences in the office that, in your mind, are irreconcilable. Yeah. They know how to bring people to the middle. So, again, I think customer service, I think, you know...
0: Conflict negotiation. Conflict
1: negotiation. They really are multi-talented. I think in many ways, I would say, and we don't have time to ditch into it, but I would say this, that if I could be any number on the Enneagram, it would be a healthy nine. Really? Absolutely. I I heard Reagan was a nine. Is that true? Oh, Reagan was a nine. Probably with an eight wing? Yeah, I'm not sure about the wing, but I think the best presidents are nines. Really? How, absolutely. They see everybody's perspective and they know how to make deals.
0: And they're not just so agenda-driven that they're just burning bridges everywhere. And they're
1: peacemakers. They don't want to get no fight with you.
0: I love it. They don't like conflict. Well, there they are, the nine types and the do's and don'ts of each one in the workplace. Yeah, man. Me and Cron, you've been incredible. We've gone a long time. I don't think we'll edit this down hardly at all. <laughs> the book is called The Road Back to You. In my opinion, this is the best introduction there is anywhere to the Enneagram. But if you want our short cheat sheet of the personality types and the do's and don'ts of them in the workplace, you can download it storybrand.com slash Enneagram. And also, I would actually share this with the rest of your staff. It's great for you to know it as the leader, but it's probably even better for everybody to know the do's and don'ts of every person on staff if for no other reason just to acknowledge we're all different
1: yeah we absolutely want be, we want to be
0: treated differently and we deserve to be treated uniquely and special the way god made us ian what a fantastic conversation i love hanging with you man you're, it's so fun great. we could go for days just could. all right thanks so much jj that was good but we are not done we have a second conversation with ian yes and it's in the next episode of building a story brand So, you know, if you haven't subscribed to the Building a Story Brand podcast, do it now. You'll hear the next conversation where Ian talks about your superpower. As each kind of Enneagram type, how do you want to lead? Well, you lead from your superpower. What is your superpower? You'll have to tune in next week to find out. Music from this episode is by Andrew Bell. You can listen to Andrew's latest EP, Dive Deep, Hushed, on Spotify or on iTunes. Thanks, as always, for listening to the Building a Story Brand podcast, where we believe if you confuse, you'll lose... Noise is the enemy and creating a clear message is the best way to grow your business.